An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound, they score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town, it's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard hanging out inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Why are you so grumpy today? Me? Yeah. You didn't have the same enthusiasm that you normally come out with. Is it because it's a 7.30 start tonight I'm always, at T-Mobile Arena? Yeah, I'm is, always. Is that what's got you down? I'm always grumpy about a 7.30 start. I'm not going to lie. I have investigated as to the reasoning behind the 7.30 start tonight because okay. it's very rare. Yeah. That there are 7.30 starts here at T-Mobile Arena for games in Vegas. Are we just gearing up for next Tuesday? And uh, I don't know why. No, Nobody can tell me why. I, I have investigated it. So no, no e- either there's no reason why it's a 7.30 start or I'm a very poor investigator. And I like, I like to think that I've got some legitimate contacts. Mm-hmm. I've asked them. They don't know. And it's it's, straight, it's not a nationally televised game. Mm-hmm. We have it on, on Script Sports, Sports and uh, Vegas 34, yep. uh, nighttime plus. Uh, we we know that it's bad for Dallas TV Yep, because they're two hours behind, and yeah. then it's another half hour before it starts. So 9.30 there, local there, time There's no Dallas. real grasp from my perspective, my point of view, as to why it's a, it's a 7.30 start. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know it, why either, but, like, I think I'd be more frustrated if I investigated it and didn't come up with anything. So uh, it, you, you've, got, you've got the positivity, though. Like, that's, that's on you. I, I'm always grumpy at a 7.30 start time. Yeah, it, it, does, it does bother you. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> it, it gets you down yeah. because you're thinking postgame. You don't mind the 7.30 start. Your well, you, you no what what really bags you yeah is the fact that post game is going an extra half hour into the night and I get that but but here's here's the difference I come from a world where I worked in the Eastern Time Zone for twenty three years yeah and did double headers all the time sure and when you're doing that there yeah with ten ten thirty starts mm-hmm. that's where you can get crusty. I'm, I'm going to be flat out, bluntly honest with you. Mm-hmm. You got nothing to complain about. Because you, 8 o'clock will be the latest you ever do a game. Ever. And how many of you, those have you done? Couple. Four? Yeah, four or five. You got maybe. one next week? Yeah. Like, I'll be so, a few more in the playoffs. So, so Buttercup, yeah. let's suck it up and put a smile on your face. Turn that frown upside down. I'm not I'm not unhappy. It like, sounds I'm, I'm like excited, you're unhappy. I'm excited for the game. I'm really excited for, for this one between Vegas and Dallas. I think it's going to be a really fun and entertaining game. But um, I, it it's weird. I, as I've gotten older, I've come to covet, like, 
earlier start times. I used to love 7.30 start times as a kid. I used to love wait, staying up late and watching the post games and doing all the things. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm too old now. That's, that's, where I, that's where I feel like uh, life has taken me. I wonder what fans like. Because in, in some places, let's say mm-hmm. San Jose, yep. they have to do 7.30 starts because of time. traffic. All the time. Yep. That's, that's the issue getting everybody into Same SAP in Center. Yeah, L.A., you got to get people downtown. Uh, as a fan sitting there watching the game, let, let's talk about the fan that's not going to the rink, but you're just watching them. And, and send us an email or, well, not an email, uh, a tweet. <laughs> I, you can send me an email. I'm, so, I'm going to throw, throw a poll up here. I, I don't you mind. I don't mind the odd email. Ryan was I, just saying, "I'm old," and then Darren's like, "I'm older." <laughs> send me, no. send me an AOL, guys. I actually, I, I, I you've did that got on, mail. I did it on the trip the other day. I, I just gave out the email. I said, uh, "Fire away," and it you was guys, great. We got some great responses from, you, from people. If you some people send don't want me a note via carrier pigeon. Some please. people don't want to send the direct message because they're afraid that it's going to go to the world, or I'm going to flip it around and, yeah. and, and show the people. Uh, but I got some. I did get some great emails. But uh, so that's where that. Uh, came from uh, even though it's a little archaic but on on x like what what's your favorite start time is it because nooners i find are too early okay they're, I, they're, I'm, they're, I'm with the, you there the, the players love them the, the well, two o'clock starts yeah. the players love them you know why no morning skate exactly yeah you nailed that yeah anything that gets you out of a morning skate i'm all for it the players Fully on board with. Yeah. Three o'clock. And really, anything earlier than six o'clock gets you out of a morning seat. Sure. So yeah. a nooner, a two o'clock. Three is stretching it because it puts you in that, what do I do? Because the, most teams will still make you go to the rink, mm-hmm. the practice rink for a meeting. And then out. Five o'clock, not good. Five o'clock <laughs> is no man's land for start times. Sure. It's you're you're not getting out of the rink early enough that you can do something at night, yeah. And you can't do anything during the day, uh, so you're you're right in the middle. Five o'clock is the worst, as from a player perspective, and and from a broadcaster point of view, because okay. you, you're kind of like you, you got all this time with nothing's going on, and you should be working on your show, but you're. You're not really working on your show because the game's at five o'clock, and <laughs> it, you're just you're just stuck. So what what options do you want me to throw out here? I, would I, go, I feel like we were talking about the seven versus seven thirty okay. start. Okay, go go just go those two. Just that simple, eh? Or or you could go noon, two, five. Well, there's only four. four. There's only four. Okay, go go noon. Okay, five, seven, or seven thirty. Okay. Five. I'm already voting five as the worst. You've got five. Okay. Five. Five is the uh, the worst. And the seven thirty one. It it does feel like it, it takes forever to get here. Now part of the reason is because you guys don't want to do the show from four to five That's on not, a seven thirty show. So so we've got we, we've got this this extra hour of waiting to come on the air and doing doing radio. No, I, I can fill it by hobnobbing with uh, a few of my friends around the rink, but mm-hmm. I still get here at the same time. And then you're trying to figure out what should I be doing right now for a seven o'clock start. Should I be in a certain spot? You know, the, you're it, fine. It, it kind of throws you off a, a little bit. You, you know, it's weird because you were actually here at the desk 
earlier than normal. Because I because I arrived you were here because I arrived for a four, a four o'clock yeah. radio show. Yeah. Oh, you didn't you didn't remember? No, no, I did. <laughs> okay, but I, you, I, just, I, you just no because get I get here. antsy at home. Yeah, I'm like I don't want to sit around here. I'll probably get a flat tire on the way there if I leave later, and then I'll I'll rue why I. I waited so long. So why? So I just I just came at the normal time. You just walked around. Uh, no, I visited. Oh, okay. Uh, saw Misha Donskov. Oh, nice. Former Vegas Golden Knights assistant coach who now works for the Dallas Stars. Yep. Uh, he is a a friend of ours, my wife and I, and uh, he and his wife and Amy uh, and his puppy Davos. Oh, Davos. So uh, caught up with him. Uh, saw a few of our people that I don't get a chance to just sit back and shoot the breeze with. Sure. But because you know why? Hmm. Everybody's bored. Because everybody's yeah. here at the same time, mm-hmm. but the game is a half hour later. Yep. Everybody's filling time. So I'm filling time talking to them, and they're filling time talking to Mallard. Mm-hmm. Use myself in the third person there. You really did. What are the uh, early updates on the uh, on the poll? I'm looking. How did you up. phrase it? What start time do you prefer for a hockey okay. game? Because I was wondering whether you go, what's the worst? No, start no, time? I didn't. I didn't want to do that. Um, I, ironically enough, seven thirty has received zero votes. Yeah. Uh, early winner is seven p.m. Seventy percent of the vote. That's what we're used to. Yeah, that's what makes sense. Because then it, it it's all balanced. Yeah. If you want to do an hour pregame show, it's six to seven. Yeah. Like you do. Yep. Uh, that's perfect. Uh, if uh, if you want to uh, throw a couple of extra things in and around the family coming to the game, mm-hmm. you can you can get to a seven o'clock start here in, in Vegas yep. with with minimal traffic. And I know it's getting worse, but uh, <laughs> but there is still minimal traffic compared yeah. to the rest of the world. Seven seven does work. Yeah, I I I'm always on board for a seven o'clock. And you can be drop. home by ten here. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the beautiful thing about it, right? Like that's you, psychological, right? It is. It really is. Like when you and and to me, like it, it's not even so much the end of the game. It's not so much the post game. Like oh, no, it is. I can it, hear it in your voice. No, it really isn't. When it, I'm leaving like, the parking garage, <laughs> I can hear um, it in your voice. It's it's really not the post game. What I'll what I'll say is this: it, it's the fact that puck drop happens when the first period would essentially be over in a seven in a seven o'clock puck drop. Yeah. Like you don't get to the start of the game until at least one period later, mm-hmm. and and for whatever reason, psychologically to me, it just feels like it's so it's, much it's, later it's in the day. That, well, seven thirty is a seven thirty-eight start, so in and around there, I always go double the minutes on the clock is is the length of a period. So twenty minutes 40 equals forty minutes. minutes. Yeah. Or if there's fifteen minutes left, yeah. basically with commercial timeouts, that would be thirty minutes left. That's the way I, I arrange it. But yeah, you're right. You're you should be like up and running. Let's go. Uh, let's let's fire it up. Jeff Sharples, our buddy. Yeah. Uh, former National Hockey League defenseman. Uh, he sent me a, a text earlier today. And what what's that say? At three fifty eight. Before we even started this conversation, <laughs> I, I just looked at the text yeah, now. Yeah. And what's it say? It's uh, what's with the 7.30 start tonight, yeah. question mark. It's funny how that it, – It's. Uh, it might just be an us problem, too. It's possible. Well, I listen, don't know whether fans I, care whether I, it's well, another half hour. Early returns on the poll seem to indicate that they want a 5 or a 7 o'clock start time above anything else. 5? Yeah. It's seven, o'clock, 7 o'clock start time, 66% of the vote. Five o'clock start times, twenty-seven percent of the vote, and then you've got uh, marginal, 
marginal numbers for 7:30 and noon. But noon is the noon's the 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 lowest voted on in this situation. It's got the lowest numbers in this poll. That surprises me. I love it. I'm I'm all I'll, I'll take a nooner on Wednesday. I'm <laughs> yeah, so will I. The, the American like, Hockey League does the school games yeah. where, where all, all the kids come. Yeah. They do those every now and then with different places around the league and they pack the house and the if you have you ever been to one of those games? No. Okay. Wear your earplugs. Okay. Every kid is just fired up to be out of school that day yeah, and at a sure. hockey game, and they don't—they're hardly watching the game, and they're just shouting and stuff. But the the, the nooners, the weekday nooners, would mm-hmm. be my dream, uh, and the weekend nooners, giddy up because I get up early. I usually have my my stuff done the night before, yeah. or I'll tidy it up. I'll walk in, boom. And then you're out of here at three o'clock, and you, and you got a day. And the players, mm-hmm. same way, they they can go out and have a good meal. That's why. Are I we lo- being selfish? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like it's in our nature, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty much, broadcasters. At least we're self-aware enough to understand it. Yeah. That's all it I is, got. It is. Uh, it is too bad. Hey, we got some uh, lineup news. Uh, we'll hear from Bruce Cassidy in hour number two, which is the six o'clock hour. Because we'll go right to 6.30 today. Yes, we will. Just so everybody knows, uh, we push things back for a 7.30 start. And mm-hmm. it, that's the other thing. It, it robs the people of a half hour of the VGK Insider it, Show. That will not be the that. case. That will not be the case on Tuesday next week. The 8 o'clock start time? Yeah. We're going 5 to 7. Well, we should go 4 to 7. Let's go. Let's roll it out. I can't make Tuesday. Yeah, I, I figured. Got, I, got I, some, I got some I, things going on. Let's let's go. Let's go one more hour. We uh, will hear from Bruce Cassie. His <laughs> media availability from this morning at City National Arena, looking ahead to tonight's tilt against the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, ahead of that, just to bring everybody up to date, Brett Howden comes off his two-game suspension. Yep, uh, that uh, was uh, tagged to him in the opener against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, he returns to the lineup. And we have William Carrier, who was in a red non-contact jersey yesterday. He's missed the last two games as well. Uh, he was in a regular color jersey today. Uh, all indications are things were okay uh, during practice. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to still be medically cleared. I'm sure that that's taken care of, but I haven't heard anything to, to hint at the uh, negative side of it. Yep. So Vegas up front should be getting two veteran players back in the lineup. And Howden, Ashley Weiss uh, was watching the uh, the line rushes this morning. Howden's actually going to, to skate with William Carlson mm-hmm. and Michael Amadio. Mm-hmm. Interesting for a couple of reasons. One, he and Amadio are, are tight. Yeah. Really good buddies. So I think that, and they had some chemistry during the preseason. Uh, I'm curious to see how that will mesh and translate uh, on the ice. And Bruce uh, talked about how, with the long-standing winger uh, with, with William Carlson now playing in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. the uh, original misfit, Bradley uh, Smith, yep. giving giving uh, William Carlson another s- guy that he can play with, uh, similar uh, attributes, uh, also a centerman uh, that, can, that can take some draws. Yeah. It takes a little bit of the pressure off, off William Carlson. You can go strong side, weak side, uh, play that. And so with, with Howden sliding to Carlson's line, uh, we have... Paul Cotter mm-hmm. will stay with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. So again, all the stuff that we talked about in training camp, <laughs> yeah, entering the fourth game, yeah, is moving around. Yeah, and and it's a credit to a, a couple of different things. Number one, Paul Cotter has looked really good alongside Chandler Stevenson. 
and Mark Stone. I think maybe the best Paul Cotter's looked has, has been with those guys. And then you bring in uh, uh, Brett Howden back to the lineup. And, you know, the, the reasoning from Bruce Cassidy, and you'll hear it from him later on in the program, is it, it makes so much sense. It, it's, it's, it's easy to see why this is a decision that, that Bruce would make in this spot, is you've got Brett Howden as, as a player that, that's maybe a bit more advanced in his 200-foot game than, than, say, a Paul Cotter is. And if you can put that together with William Carlson and the responsibility that he has on the ice, you're going to use that. You're going to need that in, in stretches, especially in this game with how deep up front the Dallas Stars are. So I, I love the idea of going to it in this game, and it's it's predicated on staying that way if Paul Cotter continues to, to play well alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. And Brett Howden slides in and, and works really well alongside Amadio and Carlson. What it really does in sifting through all of the X's and O's and the nuance of it mm-hmm. is Bruce Cassidy has a shutdown line. Yep. Which right, like that that's what that's what comes to the surface here is defensively Ica's line is 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 good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we know what Chandler Stevenson can do with 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 Mark Stone. Yeah, uh, they're they're totally responsible. But if you want to match a little bit, and there's not a lot of that, but mm-hmm. if you if you want to have that prototypical, my I have one shutdown line uh, that I would like to play against the the other team's top line a little more often. Mm-hmm. That that is. Now the line that that jumps to the to the front of the line for me. Yeah, and I think I, you would you would make the argument that certainly last year in, in the Dallas series, last year in the the Edmonton series, William Carlson, Riley Smith, Michael Amadio took on the the lion's share of that that role, and and I, I think that it's an important role. I think that it's something that you know you maximizes the skill set of a William Carlson, and if you can get something close to that, and you can get that that type of uh, shutdown line to, to really work to your advantage, it opens things up in, in so many different ways for you, you know everyone else in the lineup. So uh, I love the development. I love the aspect of it. I just want to see it in the game and, and see what can come of that and how long you give it to build. The other part is you still have to create chances and opportunities offensively. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in this case, now it's up to Brett Howden mm-hmm. to go in and make things work from a, a point perspective with Carlson and Amadio. Sure. You, you don't want just a line to check. Yeah. That's not the way this team is built. That's no. not definitely not the way they won the Stanley Cup championship last spring. So Howden has to find a way to, to with William Carlson mm-hmm. and Michael Amadio, the, the three of them, and there's pressure on Amadio here, and yep. uh, I've, I've liked what I saw between the, those two wingers and Carlson uh, when, when they were together, but especially the two wingers uh, we saw more so uh, during the preseason. They, they have to be able to produce. And if, if it's funny, uh, defensively I think they're all going to be good. Yeah, for sure. But you, you still have to be able to contribute and be dangerous, and Cotter has to do the, continue to do that with Stevenson and Stone, yeah, and Howden that third line, which was a, was a struggle last year at times mm-hmm. during the the dip in December and January. That that third line was a missing piece mm-hmm. to this hockey club. They were having trouble finding the right people to play with Phil Kessel and, and so forth. 
they 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 don't want to go back to that stage where they're tinkering all the time. Yeah. So Howden slots in. I think he's way more confident offensively uh, than he was at this time a year ago. And Matteo, you have to think the same thing. Like mm-hmm. two overtime heroes in, oh, yeah. in the playoffs Absolutely. last year yeah. with a veteran like William Carlson. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what this line can can do and produce. Yeah, so am I. I, I really am. And, and I think for Brett Howden, it's it's kind of the, the similar situation as to what you know the challenge was for him with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone is, you know, you're going to be put in positions based on those guys that are on the ice with you where you're going to have great scoring chances. And, and it's on you to find a way to, to either bury those, become a second or third opportunity, whatever the case may be. But you, you've got to contribute in that situation. And, you know, William Carlson, I, I think the world of his game defensively, but he's a, a really good offensive player as well. I love Michael Amadio's skill set in tight, on the walls, all of that stuff. And I think for Brett Howden, it's going to be about getting to the front of the net and making sure that he's a, a similar uh, type of player to what he was with Stevenson and Stone. You're there to drive, you're there to open up space, and you're there to finish off plays when you get to the front of the net. So the timing of it is interesting. Mm-hmm. And not that they could have done this against Anaheim. They couldn't have done it versus San Jose mm-hmm. because Brett Howden was suspended. Yep. But the timing of it is intriguing and just might have been pure coincidence. But Brett Howden had great success against Dallas in that Western Conference final last year. Yeah. Some some teams you end up playing great against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, think about uh, uh, William Carlson against the, the Anaheim Ducks. He's, he's always produced uh, yeah. against uh, his, his former team. So there's a, maybe psychologically a little bit of that with Brett Howden going on to that line and Bruce Cassidy said he, he talked to him that this is a is is a positive he's not moving down a line yeah he this is this is a positive in, in being put in this this position and and then you've got William Carlson who was just a terror against the Dallas Stars yeah in that third round series yeah. scored five goals yeah. in in the six games it's fantastic so you've got two players coming together in, in this setup tonight mm-hmm. on the same line with Michael Amadio, who should be confident against this opponent uh, tonight too. So uh, the, the timing of it is purely coincidental because you can't do anything about suspensions sure. and, and coming off that. But I, I, I do, I think it works in, in the Golden Knights' favor. Yeah, ride a vibe, right? Like that's that's kind of what, especially when you're bringing something. What was that? Ri- ride a vibe. Oh, ride a vibe. Yeah, ride a vibe. I, I didn't, under, didn't hear the ride part. And I first let it go, and I thought, I don't understand that at all. So now I do. You, you get ride, it? ride or vibe, yeah. Yeah, ride yeah. the vibe. Yeah, ride the vibe. Okay, exactly. Good. So you've got positive vibes for Brett Howden. You've got mm-hmm. positive vibes for William Carlson against this opponent. You put them together, and it's new, it's different, but you're kind of hoping that maybe that, that ability to – to strike against the Dallas Stars is something that, that rolls over into this game for those those two players. Now, having said all that, I, I think, again, we have to start to, to think about things from a different perspective, and this is not a disrespect to the Anaheim Ducks, not a disrespect at all to the San Jose Sharks, but there is way more offensive firepower in this Dallas Stars team than there were in the, the previous three games that the Golden Knights have played to this point. So if you're going to give a, a shutdown look a shot, why not do it in a game where you're going to have to shut down some of the higher-end skill of the Dallas Stars? Yeah, and, and that's 20,000 feet, whether that's game one or game 58 or game 75. The difference between the Anaheim Ducks and the Dallas Stars is evident. Mm-hmm. 
The one thing that I will lean back on and reiterate is last week's games came with a significant distraction, yep. and they were still able to stick to their game, which I think was a big challenge for the players and very, very impressive. So I, I don't think the jump is quite as big as it normally would be because of what you were battling last year in a good way, mm-hmm. fully good way. Yeah. Uh, with the distraction uh, going with the rings and the banner and everything going on around town. So I think that that should be a little more seamless going into tonight. Now, Dallas, this is their second game of the year. So weird. It's it's <laughs> an interesting, and this is Vegas's fourth. Yeah. So you still got the new season vibe ar- around the, the Dallas Stars mm-hmm. where they're going to come out and they're going to be ready to go and cranked up. And Vegas is kind of finding its, its rhythm from a consistency standpoint. They've been able to work out some of the kinks. They're not uh, uh, as much uh, just uh, newness uh, about the season. Sometimes that can work in, in your favor, mm-hmm. the newness. Sometimes it can hold you back. Uh, that'll be the the interesting part about the Dallas Stars. Do they come out like a house on fire tonight, or are they clunky? And this is a team that that played its first game and beat St. Louis. Yep. And then went uh, to Palm Springs hmm. for four days. That's fun. Did, did some golfing. Yeah. Did some practicing. Yeah. Did some team building. Yeah. They they had to get out to do some of that. Uh, because there was this gap in their schedule. I wonder, and that's that's a horrible time. I didn't talk to Pete about this, but I I'm, think he would be along the same line. You don't want those four days now. No, not at I, all. It's just they're, they're not helping you uh, at all. January, you can re- use them as, re- as recovery. So I'll be, I'll be serious, uh, curious whether they are sluggish getting into the game tonight. That would be my my thought on it anyway. I, you know, I'm never right on those things. Well, I'm I'm with you, so we'll we'll both be wrong in this situation. But I I think that there's going to be a little bit of rust and a little bit of um, maybe heavy legs in the early going for the Dallas Stars. I, I I'm expecting the Golden Knights, a team that's been uh, certainly in in much more of a rhythm, just in, yeah. in terms of the preparation and and going through the game day process. Like I think that Vegas is going to be the better team early on in this game. I just do because I, I think it's impossible for the Dallas Stars to have any type of continuity when they've only played once, and that was last week. Uh, on the blue line, well, there's much of reinforcements coming up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blue line is status quo. Yep. Uh, Alex uh, Petrangelo will not play tonight. Yep. Uh, Alec Martinez did skate mm-hmm. and non-contact uh, sweater, but he won't play tonight. There is... An outside uh, shot here, uh, thinking that he might be available Thursday or Saturday. Yeah, Winnipeg or Chicago. That will will wait to see what happens there. But uh, he's going to travel with the team when yep. they when they go on the road this week. Uh, but you you aren't going to have uh, three of your Zach Whitecloud. Uh, yep. I don't think is, is skating yet. So you're still going to be without three of your top six tonight. Mm-hmm. So it looks like there's they're rolling back the. Uh, Nick Hag and Caden Korzak uh, pairing, uh, Shea Theodore, Braden McNabb, and Braden Pahal, uh, along with Ben Hutton. So that's that's a, a continuation of of the same blue line that you saw 
the uh, the game against the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, and, and encouraging, obviously, with, with that group of, of defensemen that there haven't really been a ton of breakdowns or really that they've given up much of anything. Um, but, you know, all that to say, it's great news to have Alec Martinez back on the ice in a, in a non-contact jersey, and we'll see how he progresses over the next couple of days. Now, do you think he's happier about being on the ice, or is he happier about the Detroit Lions being on top of the National Football League? It's probably equal. It's probably equal. I don't know. You think it's Detroit? Yeah. You think it's the Lions? 100%? The dude's. Okay. The dude's a maniac when it comes to his fandom of the Detroit Lions. You ever talk to him about it? Not really, no. No. Not too many people can use the word dude with me. Yeah. And where it's just, it's purely organic, like Mm -hmm. it's coming from their soul. Whenever... I bring up the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. without Martinez. It always starts, dude, dude. I'm like, <laughs> and, and, and the past has been, dude, they're terrible. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still a fan, but they're, they're, they suck. Um, and now it's like, dude, I'm on cloud nine. Yeah. Hey, you, the season opening win that the Lions put up against Kansas City, it, it just rocked his world. Mm-hmm. Being able to, uh, it was Kansas City, right, uh, on opening night. Uh, the it just uh, got him like going uh, all over again, I, and, and it's been uh, disappointing not to be able to see him uh, in and around the rink uh, lately. But he is uh, he, w- at Super Bowl time. Mm-hmm. We always do our predictions mm-hmm. for the for the game, mm-hmm. and it's San Francisco against Kansas City. Yep, we'll have twelve votes here, fourteen votes there, and one for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, every year. It's Alec. It, uh, he, he's that big of a fan, so I'm I'm not even sure. That you're totally on, uh, on the mark when it comes to being happier about being on the ice. And he's a professional, three-time Stanley Cup champion. He knows yeah. what he's doing with that. But this, uh, this Lions thing, it's real for him. I didn't know the Lions were that good this year. Yeah. I really didn't. I, I, I don't have the time for football. I have Montgomery in the fantasy pool, so I, I lean on uh, That's another Martinez thing I don't do. a little bit. I, I do not I do not in the fantasy league? Into, into fantasy league. Really? At all. No, not a chance. Because I'll forget. I, I, I will, no, you won't. Maybe no. the maybe the first year. It's I don't do any other fantasy sports. I don't do the fantasy golf. Yeah. I I don't do some people like the the Canadian Football League fantasy. I can't do that. Uh, baseballs. I don't have the the <laughs> bandwidth in the summer. And fantasy hockey, I'm not allowed to play. Yeah. Because of the gambling uh, restriction. Sure. That I have. I it's it's a league mandated rule, folks. Well, I I haven't been busted for some kind of <laughs> gambling problem either. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If, if you're uh, gambling too much, please seek help. Uh, I encourage you to do so. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I don't want anybody to think that uh, that uh, I, I crossed the line here and, and started gambling away my kid's college fund. It never existed anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but we're not allowed to, as broadcasters, we're not allowed to, uh, to bet on hockey. I, I couldn't play fantasy hockey. To, to save my life. Again, I'd forget. There's too much moving parts, too many things going on, too many games just in general. But uh, beyond that, I'll, I'll say, like, I, I, don't have, I don't have the time or the energy for it. I it's, just couldn't do it. Uh, the, the football is good. We have a good chat group, uh, too. It's a lot of, how, a lot of how often do you win? Uh, I'm 3-3. Three and three. Lost uh, this week to Coach uh, Mike Davis oh, wow. from the uh, Vegas Nighthawks. Look at you. Yeah. It was not uh, It was not pretty, but the last couple of weeks I was, I was really good. Uh, so you're 500. 500. Yeah. All you got to do is make the playoffs. And we have 12 people in our league, and eight teams make the playoffs, so I just got to be there. Just got to make the playoffs, and then anything 
anything can happen. Mm. But I'm a smack talker. Might surprise you. Oh, I'm uh, surprised. When we uh, when we continue, we'll get into some one timers because we'll do it in the next segment. Yep. And then we'll bring you Bruce Cassidy from this morning in hour number two at the top of the clock at six o'clock. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, live from T-Mobile Arena. Carlson left corner, centered one timer, score. It's time for one timer. One timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury; it's about the recovery. Looking at a busy night in the National Hockey League, it is Tuesday. It is traditionally a uh, jam-packed schedule in the NHL. And the Edmonton Oilers, despite losing their first two games, were full of confidence going into the start of a road trip, and they have managed to follow through with that. As Leon Dreisaitl has scored, Zach Hyman has added on to it, and they lead the Nashville Predators by a count of 2 to nothing. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers are going to be just fine. Uh, I know that it was fun to kind of think about uh, this being a down year for Edmonton, at least for a moment or two. Uh, but listen, you, you, you've got a good team there in the Edmonton Oilers. You're not going to hold Dreisaitl and McDavid to just one or two points on a game-to-game basis. It's just not something that's going to happen. And the Oilers look to be perfectly fine right now. You also got to remember they were 0-2 last year. So when you take that into account and what they did uh, on the back half of the season, they were hoping to avoid that uh, stumbling start this time around. It didn't quite happen, but uh, the the game against the Vancouver Canucks in Game 2, they were much better. And uh, if they carried that over, they would be be just fine. The other game of interest tonight, uh, beyond what's going to occur this evening at T-Mobile Arena between the Good Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars, is Los Angeles taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Pierre-Luc Dubois yep. in the lineup for the LA Kings. His return to Winnipeg. They're a feisty bunch <laughs> in Winnipeg, and Vegas will be there on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Tonight, it will be it'll be nonstop in the ear of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Oh yeah, there's going to be booze every single time he's on the ice, every single time he touches the puck, which is one of my favorite things when you've got a player returning to a, a spot, just when you've got that type of uh, reaction from the crowd, it usually leads to either great moments for the player or great moments for the fan base, and, and I'm, I'm all for it. I love it. L.A. needs to get something going in the right direction. They need to lock things down a little bit more. Uh, important game for the L.A. Kings and Winnipeg having – Clear the distraction of Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck uh, would love to start putting some some points in the bank and having uh, a little bit more security going into uh, the opening or the second month of the season. Yeah, I you know with LA it's interesting because you know we 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 marvel at their their offensive skill and we know that they're a good a deep team up front. Um, defensively, they're fine. They, they can shut things down, but they, they're not, you know, you, you've got to get saves here and there, and that's going to be the big question with L.A. over the course of the year is are they going to be able to get enough saves to kind of make it all work? And, and early returns, it's not been the case for the Los Angeles Kings. And as, you know, as you talk about the Winnipeg Jets, I think that, you know, having a distraction and drama-free environment right now is is certainly going to work in their favor and and i i'm expecting the winnipeg jets to to be a really really tough opponent for the golden knights on thursday how far into a season without a win does it become 
an issue for a team? Ooh, um, the LA's 0-1-1 right now. Yeah, I mean, it's only two games. Like, it's not – no, that's not concerning for me. But um, when does it start to become rattling in your in your ears? I, I, I think five games. Like, five games is kind of the cutoff for me because, you know, that's ten standings points. Like, that's not insignificant. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's something that you can – that you can make up over over time, but you know it, it gets it gets late early if you start dropping more than five games to start a year. Uh, I was going to go four before, but might depend on which market you're in yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl became the Oilers' all-time power play goal scorer today. Doesn't surprise me. It does me. It doesn't surprise me how prolific they are on the power play. Look at the players that are Why rocked are you so through pissy, there. Leon? It, hmm? That that Why are you still so pissy? still absolutely gets to me. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Well, it means more more because of the the players that he's following the footsteps of. Yeah, for sure. But you know, again, I, I just think he's so prolific, and and we we kind of think about, or at least I do. Like we think about Drysaddle and McDavid as having been here for a couple of years maybe. I think we don't really realize how long those two players have been in the league and how many years they've been elite elite top of the uh, top of the, of the league skill. Like they they've been doing this for a long time. Connor McDavid is the longest serving Oilers captain. That that's wild. 8 years. Yeah, that's wild. He's been he's been wearing that seat for longer than Gretzky or Messier or anybody else. Three, Jason Smith. 3-0. Three 3-0? Nothing, three nothing? Yeah. Who scored that? Nugent Hopkins. Okay. Three-point night for him. Yeah. It, it, it'll be it'll be just fine. That, that's why you, winning those games last week for Vegas against teams that they would uh, normally handle in a, in a traditional setting but were challenged with the, with the distractions and everything going on uh, around them, that, that was um, important to be those six points up on Edmonton going into week number two. Sorry, it's four nothing now. Oh. Connor McDavid. Yeah, it's uh, it's happening, and uh, and there's a big sigh of relief out of uh, Alberta. The Henderson Silver Knights, two and zero to start the season. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to Ryan Craig and his staff, uh, Jamie Heward and company with the American Hockey League team, and they they had a couple of uh, really feisty games against the Iowa Wild mm-hmm. last year, the farm team American Hockey League affiliate of the uh, Minnesota Wild. But that that's 5-0 and mm-hmm. as an organization now for for the, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Henderson Silver Knights. Yeah, that's that's awesome, number one. Um, and, and you mentioned for Ryan Craig, it's it's awesome. As, as a head coach, you're, you start off 2-0. and Like, what could be better than that? But I, I think for the, you know, for the Henderson Silver Knights, you're organizationally you want to you want to develop and winning is a part of that and and i think that that's going to be the big story for me in in kind of keeping tabs on henderson is what are you getting out of brendan brisson what are you getting out of the Jonas ron bjergs when when they're back down there playing like sheldon rempel who had a great camp for the golden knights five points through two games with the henderson silver knights like you're starting to see uh, some of the some of the players just kind of find their groove down there with ryan craig as as the head coach and I'm curious to see how that progresses over the course of the year because the best way to develop is to put it, your, yourself in situations where you're winning hockey games and you're playing meaningful hockey games all season long. Sheldon Rempel, the American Hockey League Player of the Week. Yep. Take that. So 
putting some uh, accolades in their back pocket. Uh, Brian McCormack is going to join us in just a little bit. The play-by-play voice of the uh, Henderson Silver Knights and our, our good buddy uh, with, the, with the Vegas School of the Knights. Important as an organization that also, like Vegas did last year coming into the season, they, they, Henderson missed the playoffs a year ago. Yeah. So reinstill the, a lot of the foundation organizationally with those prospects and be on the on the right page. Uh, we saw so many guys between Korzak and Pahal and uh, Brisson, mm-hmm. uh, Cormier uh, were the uh, taxi squad, yep. uh, Yuri Patera last year, uh, up and, and saw firsthand were, were in the vicinity, not practicing every day with, with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, but were in the vicinity of, of being able to go around and, and gain that experience and we're on the ice at the Stanley Cup Championship. Maybe we'll see some of the benefits of that translate. And also, they bolster their roster. Yeah. Like that, this, is a, this is a different roster with the Henderson Silver Knights this year than it was a year ago. Yeah, and, and again, I think that that speaks to what you want some of your younger players and your prospects to to, to do in professional hockey. Like, you, you want Brendan Brisson playing important games. You want that the expectation of winning on a night-to-night basis, what it go, what goes into it, how you've got to prepare in those spots, so you've got to bolster your roster in order to put those players in those situations. I think that they're going to be able to score more than they did a year ago. Uh, they don't definitely uh, have made sure that the younger players have an insurance blanket around them in in uh, Mason Gertzen. So there's 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 not going to be any worries about being intimidated yeah. on the ice, which can happen uh, in the American Hockey League in in different venues. And Yuri Patera was really good in those first two games. Uh, a player that wasn't really in the mix a, a year ago. He was still developing his, his talents, but then gets that midseason call up, scores a couple of wins for himself. Yep. It, in the National Hockey League with his debut, and he, he becomes the guy that they're going to lean on uh, as as the number one goaltender in Henderson. Yeah, you know, you 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 get to play a lot for if you're Yuri Patera, and you get to continue to grow and work on your game. You've had a couple of starts now in the National Hockey League, so you, you know, from a depth perspective, number three in the organization. Like, you got to stay, you got to stay sharp, you got to stay on your game, and you've got to to be relied upon in those spots because. If you do get the call here, the expectation is that you're going to be able to play and play to a high standard. Uh, and the opportunity for Ryan Craig to cut his teeth, uh, running a bench and being the head coach uh, for the first time at the professional level yeah. is something that uh, everybody within the organization is looking forward to right now. Uh, he was here, Ryan Craig, on banner raising night. Yeah, uh, He was in the building, uh, was able to be uh, uh, on the bench and, and taking it in and watching that that banner go up and then yeah. he, he actually went to his seats and, and watched his, with his wife JD <laughs> uh, and, and watched as a fan in the National Hockey League and I don't know when that would have happened last. Yeah, that's uh, wild. He, he would, would have been still playing because he went straight from, from playing in the American Hockey League to being a, a, a National Hockey League assistant coach. But uh, but he is he's done made that transition but is still and normally you have to leave an organization for, for an opportunity like that it, it's very seldom that things align the way they did, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing what uh, what Ryan Craig can do 
with his own stamp now that he's worked under three different head coaches, including the two guys that, that will square off tonight. An organizational constant when it comes to coaching, right? Like that, that's Ryan Craig. He's been here from day one. And, you know, it's, it's going to be really exciting to see him grow. In, in yet another avenue as a head co- as now as a head coach and what that's going to take him and what it's going to mean for, for him moving forward. Uh, Brendan Brisson will be one of those players that we'll keep an eye on. Lucas Cormier, mm-hmm. uh, up-and-coming defenseman uh, with one of the many up-and-coming defensemen, but uh, he of the offensive side. Pahal, uh, Korzak, uh, obviously playing in the National Hockey League right now, but, uh, but we'll likely see some time uh, in, in the American Hockey League if for no other reason, when everybody gets healthy, uh, then they'll go down and, and get some game action in. But uh, but those two prospects, I think from from the, the sexy standpoint, the ability to put the puck in the net yeah, a lot, Brisson and Cormier would be the guys that uh, that a lot of fans would just gravitate towards. Yeah, for Brisson, it's the shot. It, it's, it's how you know you can see the high-end offensive skill from the player and then as as far as Lucas Cormier goes like in watching him play skating shot and there's a little bit of feistiness to his game too like that's something that that you you start to see and notice the more you watch him play live is that there's a little bit of of that that on the line type of uh, of play from Lucas Cormier so I'm um, with you those two exciting for sure just want to touch base with Chapman uh where are we on on our guest Chapman must yeah. be talking to him right no, now. No, he, he's been on hold. I, oh. I, I texted you guys that he was good at 545. Okay, well, you never said that uh, that he was on hold. So, sorry, Brian McCormick. I apologize. Here we are talking, uh, filling time, uh, waiting for you to come on, and uh, and you've been on hold the, the entire time. Uh, give me an idea of what the two two games were like uh, on the weekend. Sorry, pal. No, don't worry. I felt you guys were stretching. I felt like Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. Yeah. I was just watching it through the 3D wall. Murph! Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm right. Yeah, you you could have yelled a little louder. All <laughs> right. Uh, no, hey, it was it was two great games in Iowa, and uh, everything you guys were talking about was was true. The the young guys, Grisson Cormier, uh, Jacob Rabinitz, Jakob Demick, they all had great uh, opening weekends. But you know, there is uh, the impact of the elder statesman uh, certainly was felt. Three goals for Adam Cracknell, uh, Sheldon Rempel, and Gage Quinney did the same that they did last year. Uh, very significant sense of balance on on this team this year. And I think it's because a lot of the new additions. I think some some of the AHL additions last year, guys were expected to leave. Took them a little while to get going, uh, and the team dug itself a little bit of a hole early. This year, boy, did everyone live up to the back of their trading cards right off the bat. What will the identity of this Henderson Silver Knights team be? I heard Adam Cracknell use the word maturity ten times today, and uh, you really do sense that. You know, I kind of laughed. Uh, I was thinking about last year with all the uh, the newborns that the VGK were experiencing, and Bruce Cassidy said, well, maybe this should be part of the equation. You know, I think more so this year than last year, there's a lot of uh, married players, players with kids, and, you know, on the one side, they say, all right, well, that's, that's older players. I, I think it's a sense of family. And I think that's been a nice addition. There's just a real balance and a familial sense, so that's that's what you feel in the room. Outside the room, yeah, I think maturity comes into play again. But it just it's I think it's going to be a responsible team that isn't going to shoot itself in the foot. And the best example was Friday night's win was a 4-2 uh, win over the Iowa Wild with an empty net, but it's a close game in the third period. And I heard more than one person say, like, you know what, this feels like a game that we would have lost last year. And if you look at the Silver Knights last season, yeah, the, the the final record was was not good, 
but there were so many one-goal losses, and it just felt so regularly that they just found a way to make the mistake and to, to blink first. Uh, and that wasn't the case on Friday, and that's where I think that veteran presence is going to make a difference, uh, that this is a team that's going to be disciplined. It has scoring pop for sure. It's got some grit and some sandpaper, um, but it's going to be a composed group. Uh, and that was what I was impressed with over the weekend. And that included, again, even with the young players, Christopher Setoff, who signed an NHL deal last spring, his first AHL game, and he was incredibly composed. Uh, and both games, there was a short bench. Mason Gertson was uh, ejected midway through Friday. Uh, there were two block shot injuries on Saturday that had them playing two men short for the final 40 minutes, uh, and you never would have known it. So it feels like it, it's it's a very, very young uh, summation in, in this season, but this feels like a group that has a heavy dose of maturity. In kind of the midst of all that maturity, I think, you know, we, we were just talking about uh, Brendan Bersan and, and why that is a player that gets fans excited. So in in balance with that maturity, you've got a young player that's a second-year pro. What what are the expectations placed upon Brendan Bersan over the course of this season? Well, I think to be to be productive, for sure, and you look at the, the line that he was on the first uh, weekend, he was playing with Gage Quinney in the middle and Tyler Benson. Uh, who's another guy who's you know certainly not old, but older and has, has produced in this league. Um, but it wasn't all reliant on them. It, it was a lot that had, had very good balance. Uh, but for Brennan Bresson, it's to be productive, to be a power play presence for sure, uh, to, to use his feet, to use his legs, to play you know off the wall, get to the middle of the ice. Um, and you know what's great is that this is a weekend that the gold, the Silver Knights scored 11 goals. Brendan Brisson had two points on Saturday, played great. But whereas last year it seemed like, okay, if those two or three playmakers aren't producing, then it's going to be hard to find a way to win. That wasn't the, the tale of the weekend. This was a weekend where I think uh, 11 players have multiple points now after two games. I mean, the balance of the lineup is, was very impressive. Uh, you got the home opener coming up? Friday. Friday, and we're going to spend the next couple of days, tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday from 4 to 7, uh, PM, we're we're chalking the walk, forging the path outside of uh, the DLC, so fans can come out uh, and write uh, chalk messages, almost like at the end of the season before they take the ice out, they'll let yeah. fans out write messages. Hmm. Uh, similar, we want fans to come out and do that uh, on the tilt yard outside the Dollar Loan Center, and that will lay the path for our uh, silver carpet, if you will, event on Friday before things open up at the DLC. Who are you playing? San Jose Barracuda, who are off to a one-and-one start. Uh, they had a rough year last year, too, but they've made some uh, some veteran additions as well, uh, including, if uh, the name means anything to anyone, Justin Bailey was a, a offensive go-to guy for Bakersfield last year. Uh, he's now in San Jose. So it's always feisty, but they have improved. Question for you. You were on hold there for a little bit. I was. Could, could you hear us? The whole time. Okay. Because we, we actually... I, was, I, was, I was yelling at you through the fifth dimension. We we were having trouble. We were having trouble with that earlier. So uh, if uh, if nothing else, we've solved. uh, We know that the issue with people being on hold and not being able to hear the show has been taken care of. And I I apologize for that. uh, Don't apologize. Everything you guys were saying was so right and so smack dab on. (laughs) I felt unnecessary, and therefore I was curious what team you were going to ask me about. I've been pouring over the (laughs) ALCS box scores for the last ten minutes. And he was like, well, maybe I could talk about Nate Evaldi pitching. That might be what they have. <laughs> Chalk the walk and uh, make sure you write down that uh, Darren Millar's favorite is Brian McCormick. 
I will I will go down there and I'm going to make a hopscotch uh, course oh, right down the it. middle and I'm going to write uh, your a letter of your name in each square. <laughs> Don't go more than twelve steps, okay? Because then I get tired. Deal. All right, there's Brian McCormick, uh, play-by-play voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, Awesome stuff. We'll be back as we continue from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Fourth game of the year for the Vegas Golden Knights, trying to match the best start to a season in franchise history with a fourth consecutive win, taking on Pete DeBoer and the Dallas Stars in a rematch of last year's Western Conference Final in which Vegas took a 3-0 lead in that series, but very close games. Mm -hmm. You, You kind of you hear 3 nothing, and it was full control for Vegas. But yeah. uh, overtime played a role in the first two games here at T-Mobile, and uh, they were able to uh, capitalize on that, uh, winning the, the series in six games. This is a game tonight that is a measuring stick game for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas considers themselves to be a, a contender in the Western Conference, and certainly in that Central Division, and we know where Vegas is coming from in their bid to win back-to-back titles. Yeah, absolutely. I think that both teams are, are going to be up and ready to go in, in this game. I, I mean, for the Dallas Stars, what more motivation do you need? You want to beat the team that beat you in the Western Conference Final. And for the Golden Knights, uh, you want to make a statement against the Dallas Stars. You want to start the season 4-0. You want to uh, put two more points in the bank because of the singular focus and the buy-in as to what you want to accomplish again this year. So I'm expecting this to be a really entertaining game, a really fun game, uh, but I'm expecting the uh, the intensity to go, to go up a couple of notches based on, uh, based on the opponents and, and from what we've seen the, the first couple of uh, games of the year. What do you think the final score will be? Mm, I'm going to go 4-3. Really? I'm going to go 4-3 in overtime. You're not buying into the 4-1? No. 4-1, 4-1, 4-1. Three consecutive (laughs) 4-1 victories for the Vegas Golden Knights to start. That has only happened to have three straight games with the same score Mm -hmm. for a team out of the gate one other time in NHL history. Detroit back in the early 2000s, huh. and then they lost to Pittsburgh in, in the uh, fourth game. Okay. So, one, it'd be cool to make a little history, sure. 4-1 Vegas tonight, but the other part would be who cares what the score is yeah. if, it, if it's 4-1, as long as Vegas uh, picks up the, the W and rips off uh, a perfect eight points in four games. I'm just saying, like, it's the Dallas Stars. It, it feels like overtime is inevitable, mm-hmm. so I'm going 4-3. Four one four one four one. If they could repeat a four one game, like it'd be, it'd be cool. Yeah, well, it'd, it'd be cool. It'd be neat from a numerology standpoint. Sure, yeah. But also, wouldn't that send a message to the rest of the National Hockey League yeah. as to how in control Vegas has been, and they've got to those four one wins pretty consistently mm-hmm. with a a an effort that's been controlled. Yeah, it, it really has. Um, I, I think it would open up some eyes. I think it would be kind of a, a declarative statement from the Vegas Golden Knights as to what type of team they're going to be this year and, and what the expectations are. And, you know, I, I do I think they have the ability and the, the capability to do it? Absolutely. I just, I think, you know, for the Dallas Stars, this is a, a big, big game for them. It really is. It, 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 you can't really overstate how big game two is of the year for them, but I think that they've had this one circled for a long time. They're really looking forward to it, and I think you're going to get Dallas's best effort tonight. Well, they've been waiting for it because they haven't played. <laughs> that's, that's, it's just that their, their second game of the year. Here's another uh, stat for you. Mm. Vegas has scored in every period this year. Mm-hmm. 
all nine. Now, that's not anywhere close to their own record, but nine straight periods they've scored a goal, which is uh, is kind of cool in the sense of there's been different. Last year they had great starts. Yeah. Um, the, the second period was a, a concerning point last couple of years, but mm-hmm. kind of got washed away uh, through the course of last year. But it just shows a, a, a consistency in-game. Yeah, and, and I'll take that all day long on the intermission reports because that means I've got some highlights to get to, yeah. and, and it's always fun. Um, I love the ability to, to, to put it together period after period because, again, it you know consistency is important, but it, it's, it's important from a shift-to-shift perspective, but a period-to-period perspective. And the Golden Knights are able to kind of carry some things that, that they're doing well in, from, from one period to the other. And when you score and you're scoring consistently like that, you're you're just in control of the game a little bit more, and that's really what I would say the Golden Knights have have proven to me over the first three games is that they're in control more often than not over the course of a sixty minute game. The only thing you can count on more than the Vegas Golden Knights scoring every period is the VGK Insider Show offering you an opportunity to come to the rink and watch the Stanley Cup champions uh, face off against the competition from around the National Hockey League. We have another set of tickets for next Friday's game, Nevada Day, against Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. It's Connor Bedard, the first overall pick, the Phenom. Two uh, tickets uh, are yours if you are caller number six right now to 702-876-1340. Call now. Chris Chapman is standing by as we bring in Bruce Cassidy, who spoke about this upcoming game tonight against Dallas. Obviously, the Western Conference Finals rematch, I guess, is kind of one of those early season games you expect a little bit extra energy from the guys tonight? Yeah, I mean, we're, we'd like to prepare them, play the same way every night, no matter who our opponent is. I think We've, you know, tried to instill that sort of philosophy, but we built up a little bit of a, could, could be a rivalry down the road, you don't know. Um, playoff series usually build some of that animosity, but we'll see tonight how it goes. Uh, they've only played one game, so they're probably trying to, even though a lot of returning players find their game, right? It's tough this time of year when you're not active like that. Um, but yeah, I'd expect with the familiarity, it'd be a little more physicality and maybe a normal game. Yeah, I mean, we had a kind of, I guess, took care of business the first week, did what we're supposed to do. I thought we played well, certainly not at the top of our game, but nowhere near at the bottom either. So we're doing what it takes to win. Um, got balance. That's what I always look at. Like our team is all about typically balance. We have some guys that we rely on more than others, obviously, but we got that the first three games. So that's a positive. Different guys in and out of the lineup. Um, but yeah, this I'm going to guess would be a higher level game, but it's still early to I think Jesse to really go through that. I mean, until teams really find their game, it's hard to say to me where where everyone else is at and if your game measures up against the best because things change every year. I would expect Dallas will be at the top at the end, but we'll see. <clears throat> we'll carry it back in today. Uh, I think so. He he had to get through morning skate. I think he was fine. I'll, It'll be a game time decision, but I haven't heard differently. So if, if he is in uh, fine coming out of here, I did not go in there, then he'll be in. What was the thought process of moving Brett Howe into Carlson's line and keeping Carter on the team? You notice that, Ashley? <clears throat> um, two things. Paul's played well uh, with Stevie and Stoney last year. Um, Carly loses Riley Smith, who's kind of his penalty kill partner, a little bit of a 200-foot player, and I'd say 
Howie's ahead of Paul in that regard. He kills penalties. Uh, so using them on D-zone draws, I think, helps with a guy like Howie. If Carly gets kicked out, he's... So it just balances that line a, bit or, a little bit on the defensive side. I liked Howie with Carly and Stevie. Obviously did a great job or with uh, Stevie and Stoney in the playoffs. But this is an opportunity for Paul to get into more of an offensive role. I think he played some of his best hockey with those two and then Jack and Marshy for a stretch till we got Barbie. So it's a little bit about what's best for the team. It's no reflection on, say, Howie moving down. And I talked to, to Brett about that, that you know, his role doesn't change for us. It just might help Carly have a kind of similar player that he lost and, and make his game a little easier. And like I said, I like what Paul's done on, on uh, with Chandler in the limited sort of time last year and then um, the last couple of games. <clears throat> We've seen Connor good hands and tight and fish. Do you think his offensive ceiling, is there still quite a bit more? Oh, I think so. I think, what do you have, 13 last year? And I don't know what that extrapolates out to is he a 20 goal scorer we feel he could get there if he played regularly that's on us to get him in it's up to him to keep ahead of the Dorofayevs of the world or whoever's pushing him um, so he'll have to grow his game uh, from now being a guy that's been in the league a little bit to understanding what it takes every night but yeah uh, I think we saw that last year with Paul in training camp he did a good job he adds physicality he's a big body he can shoot the puck make plays go to the net for him it's just every night being every nighter um, a lot of guys go through that, so that'll be the challenge for him this year. And we're giving him a good opportunity, right? I mean, it's two pretty good players he's playing with, so if he can find a way to keep his game going and the engine running and learn from his mistakes and not hit too many lulls where, you know, some of the younger guys, are, you know, four or five games, and, you know, you, it's, it's, listen, everyone can have an off night or two. Puck doesn't go your way, but help us win, and that's kind of where we, we need Paul to go. When you made the schedule off for the goalies, what went into this well, some of it is Hilly's played a lot more recently, even though it's been months. But Logan hasn't played really since the end of January. So um, we want to make sure Hilly gets his starts. He kind of earned, well, he did earn it at the end of the year. I mean, you go into a new year, you're starting fresh, but you can't forget what, what happened. So there's a little bit of a tilt towards Hilly if he, if he came out of training camp. Um, Playing the same way and he has, so that's that's what went that's what went into it. We still want to give Logan his starts, uh, and he'll get his. Just maybe, just not as many as Aiden right now, and then that could change. And you know, we kind of do it month by month, and obviously depending on health. Good. He was out in the ice today in a red jersey, so he's. Uh, He's going to travel with us is the plan. We'll, we'll know that for sure tomorrow morning. And if he's going to travel with us, then that, that gives him opportunity to play. Whether it's Thursday or Saturday, that'll be the medical team's decision, but progressing very well. He's out tonight. He didn't skate today. So until he gets back on the ice, uh, probably can't give you much on him right now. And same with Whitey. Bruce Cassidy this morning at City National Arena setting up uh, this tilt against the Dallas Stars, which has, uh, for an early season encounter, first couple of weeks of the season, mm -hmm. has a bit of expectation to it. Yeah, it really does. It's got um, it's got some legs. It's got some steam behind the matchup. And, and again, a lot of that speaks to certainly the, the Western Conference final, the, the battle between these two clubs. And, and as you mentioned, it was a 3 nothing series lead for the Golden Knights, but... Games one and two were extremely close. It was game three 
where the Golden Knights kind of opened things up against Dallas, and then you had, of course, the Stars battle back for a couple of games before the, the no-doubter in Game 6. But, you know, these two teams believe that they are, are primed to contend this year, and when you had to go through the Dallas Stars en route to a Stanley Cup, uh, you tend to remember that. They tend to remember that, and I think that's going to lead to a really good game on the ice. Aiden Hill expected to start for the Vegas Golden Knights, which means that Bruce Cassidy goes away from his rotation for the first time in four games. Yeah, and and I I felt like that was going to be the case. Uh, certainly, in my mind, makes sense. Based on what Aiden was able to do over the course of the playoffs, I think that if you're going to have if you're not going to have a one-on, one-off, one-on, one-off type of rotation, I think if you're going to get extra starts in there, it, it, it's Aiden Hill based on what he's done in the past and really how he's played early on this season. He's been really good, and I think for a big-time game, Aiden Hill, he's earned the start. Do you not think it's more a nod to Aiden and the Western Conference Final as much as anything? Uh, he, he shut the Dallas Stars out. Mm -hmm in Dallas in game, game number six and, and was so good throughout that series. It, it could be, but I, I just think that right now, if, if you're looking at it, I, I would... I'll say if it's, if it's Columbus or Philadelphia, like a non-playoff team without any history together uh, between the two clubs or, or Aiden Hill, I wonder if that rotation continues. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know that it does. I think that Aiden is going to get a couple more starts on the whole than Logan is. I think that's I think that's the plan, and you know, Bruce has kind of alluded to it not being a one-on, one-off, pure rotation, and and I think that you're starting to see certainly you're seeing that right now with this game, and we'll see over the the next couple of weeks what that really looks like in terms of uh, how many starts for for each guy. Keaton Colasar has dropped the gloves in consecutive games for the first time in his career. Wow. I don't know what the buildup of I don't know bruising on your body going through something like that he, the ice packs on on his hands when yeah. he's when he, when he's in the uh, penalty box guys guys have fought uh, in consecutive games three or four five six games uh, in the in the past sure yeah. but uh, but he, it's the first time he's ever done it uh, and that leads me to will we see any type of response to the Jamie Ben situation? Uh, from last year's playoffs, he hit Mark Stone, drew a two-game suspension. Does that uh, does that settle it? The fact that Jamie Ben had to serve his punishment, or is there acknowledging the the so-called code uh, of the game? What do you think happens with that tonight? I'm inclined to believe that there's no answering of the bell. I, I think again, and we talked about it a bit yesterday. I'm of the belief that. You win the series, you win the cup. Like, you've won. There's nothing more that that really needs to happen. It, 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 to me, Other than a, you I, hit our captain, I, we took a number. I and mean, that, like, that, that's the old style of the, of the game. Yeah, I don't know that that's necessarily in play here. I, I think if you're looking at it from the Golden Knights perspective, like, go out there and be physical. Like, go out there and, 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 and finish every check and, and be hard to play against. To me, like... You accomplished the goal. Jamie Ben took himself out of out of the series for a couple of games. He he, he essentially handed over and 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 put the Dallas Stars behind the eight ball in a pivotal game three. And you go on and you win the Stanley Cup. I, I don't know that you have to carry much over um, into this situation. I don't think you've got to 
force Jamie Benn in this moment to answer the bell for it. I think that seeing the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup probably is all the answer you need. I don't have a real gut feeling either way. Now, if there's a run taken in the game, then all bets are off, right? Like if, if there's some type of hit or some type of play that crosses a line then with Jamie Ben with Jamie oh, Ben yeah, yeah, then obviously we 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 know what's but that, about that what's would going be to response tonight not uh, yeah exactly I I just I don't spring I don't know if that carries over after you've won I don't know yeah again uh, I I'd love to tell you that uh, I've got uh, sort of a beat on this thing yeah uh, I I don't uh, Jamie Ben is a the, their their captain does that take you out of the mix when it comes to uh, having to uh, respond uh, and and accept the challenge if if Vegas goes down that path. The other the other side of it is I I I, I wouldn't want to go out and fight Jamie Ben. No, and he's a big burly guy, and maybe you just do do leave it uh, at that. I, I know Ben won't shy away. No, and if uh, if Vegas wants to go down that path. It won't be subtle. It will be something like we saw with Vetrano and uh, Keegan Cole saw the yep. other night, where yep. you, you pick your spot, you get it over with, and, and then it's done, and uh, and you live on. So that'll be the game inside the game tonight as the Dallas Stars take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, somebody is going to remain perfect after tonight. Vegas searching to match their franchise best start at 4-0 as they take on the Dallas Stars in a big Central Division week for the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, We'll be back with you tomorrow. Up next, it's Ryan Wallace in the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.